Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We hope you're blessed and encouraged to share this with someone you know. Subscribe or visit thefamilylife.org for more information. Praise God. Praise God. I'm thankful for the name of Jesus today. That's why we're gathered here. Amen. We stand in liberty and hope and life and peace and joy and salvation because of the name of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for that great name? The Savior of ours, our Redeemer. Somebody tell him that you love him. I love you, Jesus. We can never worship you enough or praise you enough. Amen. It is good to be in the house today and welcome to all our guests. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad to worship God together. Amen. I'm thankful for the blessings of the Lord that make us rich and add no sorrow to it. Can the church say amen? Amen. And we are praying today. Uh, Roy, we're remembering you and your family and the passing of your brother and praying that God would comfort you. And uh, we are praying for Brother Jim Fulford and Brother Tim and all their family. Brother Jim, it's good to see you back there. And and we're lifting you up in prayer and, and your family and the passing of Sister Sandy Fulford. Um, the calling hours for Sister Sandy are, are this Tuesday from 4 to 6.30. And uh, the funeral taking place at 6.30 at Allen Funeral Home. So uh, pray for the family. Pray for, for you, Brother Jim. You've done an incredible, incredible job of caring for your wife. And we want you to know we honor that and we respect that. Sister Young, we're also praying for you and your family in the passing of your mother, Faye Eads, uh, lifting you up in prayer. Such a kind woman, so kind. And uh, I'm thankful that she got to come to church a little bit here in the latter part of her life, and she was always sweet. And so we're lifting you up in prayer. Uh, all uh, The calling hours will be from 2 to 7, <clears throat> excuse me, with the funeral taking place at 7 at the funeral chapel. Uh, this coming Wednesday. So pray for the family, support them, lift them up. Many things to pray about, but a God that is sufficient to take care of every need. Amen. Amen. Why don't you do that right now? God, we pray and we pray that you bless these people, Roy and his family, comfort them and, and brother Jim and brother Tim and all the family, Lord, passing of sister Sandy, comfort them and sister young and all her family. And And Lord, that you touch them in the passion of her mother. Thank you, Lord, that you're so kind and faithful and good and loving and uh, that you're the comforter of our life and you're the redeemer of our life. And so, Lord, we're just grateful today. We're so grateful. So grateful that we can knock on the door and know that you hear us and that you love us and that, God, you care about us. And so we give you praise and honor, Lord. Comfort now this, all these families. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Um. Well, this is the week, VBS, this Monday evening. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. This Monday evening from 6.30 to 8.30 begins Monumental VBS. It's happening every night this week. Check-ins begin at 6 p.m. So you can come at 6 p.m., get your kids checked in. Uh, This is free for all kids. Uh, Bring your children, grandchildren, friends, family. It's going to be a great time. So if you have not registered them yet, you can still online, but also you can register them at the door and uh, bring them whatever nights they can be. It's going to be wonderful. And today, following service, we'd like to meet with all the volunteers that are helping here in the sanctuary to my left. 
your right. And anyone who would like to volunteer, whatever night you could, even if it's for one night, we need your help to make sure that we uh, can accommodate all these kids that have already registered and the ones that are going to be coming. So if you can help volunteer, please step over there, sign up and let them know that you, whatever night you can be here, we'll still need your help. So please help us make this a great week for kids. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a great time, exciting a fun time for them. This Wednesday, don't forget, for all adults, services dismissed for VBS uh, to take place. We'll look forward to being back in service next Sunday and prayer at 930. God is good. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. In Jesus' name. The book of John, the fourth chapter. I'm glad that you are here in church this day, and it is good to worship God together. Stand with me. Now, I'm going to begin where I began Wednesday night, and so if you allow me to do just a bit of repetition for a moment. Um, look at somebody before we start this sermon and say, uh, this is for me. Come on, look at somebody else just in case you didn't get it down in here. This is for me. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard in John the fourth chapter in the first verse that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. He left Judea and and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. I love that verse. He must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, I love that phrase because it shows the humanity of Christ. We will never understand the divinity of Christ until we understand first the humanity of Christ. And so he was wearied with his journey. Anybody ever get weary? So did Jesus. Sat thus on the well and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water and Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. So for the next few moments, I need you to walk with me. I'm going to talk to you about never thirst again. But more specifically, I want to talk to you about stopping the cycle of shame. Stopping the cycle of shame. Father, I pray that you help me now and help all, all of us in this house, that you would anoint us and baptize us. You would speak to us, oh Lord, and that you would help everyone in this place to be set free from shame. And 
and that you would help us to recognize that you suffered, bled, died on the cross and rose again for that very purpose that we could be free from shame. And so Lord, help our minds, our hearts, help us to think today, help us to Help us to identify with this and help us to feel this and to know, Lord, that you are the God of great deliverance, that you are the God of great mercy, and we love you, Lord, and we trust you and how wonderful you are. Anoint me and anoint this people in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Amen. Now, I want you to find three people and tell them it's going to be a great day for them. Would you do that? Three people. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. It was there in the cool of the day. Let me repeat what I started Wednesday night in this beginning. It was there in the cool of the day, moments after the forbidden fruit was grasped and then consumed that Adam and Eve tried to find a way to cover themselves, to begin to hide from the presence of God that came calling and and searching for them. While it was their sin that they were trying to cover their disobedience, their uh, rebellion against God, against his goodness. It was more so the deep scar that sin had left in its assault on their soul that they were trying to conceal. It, it, was, it was more than the, I need you to understand this. It was more than the physical man that they were trying to hide. More than the tangible evidence of a betrayal. It was shame. It was shame they were attempting to conceal. Shame. They hid amongst the trees so they would not have to look him in the eye, so to speak, if you would. Uh, Shame made them want to flee. It made them want to flee from from the present, from his presence, stay, stay away from his reach, not hear his voice, not, not feel the failure that they already felt. Um, shame. Everybody say shame. Shame. It's the residue that remains after the sin, the guilt that we can't get away from. Shame is the thing that makes us become and grow more silent around the ones we love and the one savior that loves us the most. Shame. Shame makes us hide in the crowd and from the crowd. It makes our head hang low from looking up. Shame. Shame makes our hands feel too heavy to lift in worship on a Sunday and too unworthy to lift up in praise at any given point in time. Shame. Shame is not sin. Shame is not sin. It is the prison of self that we lock ourselves into repeating over and over that we failed or worse, we tell ourselves that we're just a failure. That we are worthless, that we're weak, that we're unwanted, that we can never escape the stigma or the sin that we think is our identity. Shame. Shame is sticky. You know that? Shame is sticky. Parents, what did you tell your kids? Kids, what have you heard? We've all been guilty of it. We've all heard it. We've all said it. We've all felt it. Shame on you. Why? Why is it said that way? Because shame is sticky. Shame gets on us and it's hard to get off of us. Shame gets in our head and we can't get away from it. Shame. We wear it like a cloak and it wraps around us and we feel heavy. We feel weighted. Shame. Everybody say me. We all have felt or feel shame. 
Shame, it makes us hide. It makes us hide things. It respects no one and no age. It's the unseen baggage that is carried by too many for too long. Lifetimes are lived in silent torment because of past trauma or events or actions that hold us hostage. Shame. Worst of all, shame makes us feel like that we're alone and have to remain alone because that's our punishment. That's our sentence. That's the prison that we are incarcerated in. Shame. The price that we have to pay for the wrong that was done, for the wrong that we feel that we are. Shame. And so like the woman at the well, I need you to understand this. So like the woman at the well, we walk alone. We walk to the well alone. <laughs> we walk to the well alone, trying to find something to satisfy what is missing only to follow the familiar path of shame again and again and again. She came to the well at the sixth hour. It might seem insignificant to some, but understand this. She came to the well at the sixth hour of the day. It would have been about the noon hour in our modern day time clock. She came at noontime in the heat of the day. The other women, they would have made their way to the well early in the morning or late in the evening when it was cooler, when others were there to help with the tasks that were at hand, to roll away the stone, to pull up the buckets, to let the bucket down, keep the kids herded, to make sure that the flock stayed back. They would have all come together collectively. But not this woman. Not this woman who had five husbands and was possibly working on a sixth. Not this woman. Nope. No, she, she, walked, she walked that well-worn path alone at a time when no others were there. She wouldn't, she wouldn't have to feel the stares and ignore the whispers. She could avoid feeling like the one left out or the one that was pointed out. Shame. It didn't matter whether it was real or not, whether it was happening or not, because shame makes us feel like it is no matter what. We can be in a crowded room and feel like we're the only one being stared at in the crowded room. We can feel like the sore thumb. We can feel like that everybody sees and everybody knows because of shame. It makes us feel like the sin and self that we're trying to hide is out there. It's just out there. It's out there for everyone to see and to sense. They know it. But on this day, Jesus somehow let it be known that he must needs go through Samaria. Normally, normally it, it would have been avoided. They would have taken the long route or, around it, but uh, because of prejudices and differences that demanded such of the day. Uh, but there was a need. There was a need on that day. And so the word specifically said that he must needs. He needed to go, he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to be at that well, at that moment to meet that woman caught in the cycle of, of shame. He needed to be at, he needed to be in that place on July 24, 2022. He needed to be at that, on that pew next to that person, you and I. That day he needed because of that cycle of shame. It is the loving nature of God to meet you and I at our point of need in the path and the places that we need his mercy the most. When we feel like that we can't lift our hands, he becomes the lifter up of our hands and our head. He strengthens the feeble knees. The thing that we keep drinking from, in other words. Are you understanding this? He needed to be at that well. He needed to be at that 
that place. Why? Because that was the thing that that we, that she, we keep drinking from, in other words, trying to satisfy the shame, trying to fill the void that, that's just so empty. Look at this, if you would, please. Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Thirst again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. That's the way it is, and that's the repetitive cycle of sin and shame. That's the way we feel. Sin satisfies the flesh for just a moment. Young people, sin satisfies the flesh for just a moment, but shame makes us feel so empty. So we try to fill the emptiness again and often we find ourselves at the same place of failing, repeating the same sin and starting the cycle of new. That's what shame does to us because, because it just doesn't satisfy. So we think that we're caught in it. And we go back to it. And, we, and, and, and so another layer of, of, of shame just sticks to us. We all deal with shame. We all have it lurking. Some, everybody say me. We all have it lurking somewhere in the recesses of our soul. Everybody, man in the pulpit, everybody in the pew, we've all dealt with shame. We're all dealing with shame. We're all feeling shame at any given point in time. Hmm. The past haunts us and it halts us. Just when we think we are finally free from it or have gotten over it, we feel it again. We're reminded something, some smell, some taste, some look, somebody makes us feel shame again. Maybe it was a lie. Now, I need you to stick with me because I'm going to be very direct about some things here. Please don't be offended, uh, but I hope somehow uh, you hear this. Maybe it was a lie that was told by you or about you. Maybe it was a crime. Maybe it was a crime that you committed at some point in your life. Maybe it was a failure in your life or a failure inflicted by another on your life. Maybe you abused someone. Maybe you were abused by someone. Possibly adultery. Maybe fornication. Could it have been a lifestyle lived in the past that torments the thoughts of your mind presently? Maybe it was pornography. Maybe it is pornography that held you hostage or a secret that eats away at your mind. Maybe it's a bad temper that got the best of you or gets the best of you. Maybe it's a business that failed along the way or a relationship that was lost because of it. A job loss, a parent that was absent or just simply not there? Or could it be bad choices when you were younger that you struggle with to this day? Maybe it's a hidden sin or a bad habit or words that you speak or, or, or thoughts that you think or unfounded fears that keep you constantly in a state of chaos in your mind. Shame. It goes by many different titles has many different things in our life, unique to each one of us, no doubt. Whatever it is, shame is never satisfied by drinking at that well one time. It is again and again and again. It never satisfies. We can walk our way down that path to it with our eyes closed because we have been there so many times before. We know, we know that sin and we know that shame. And we think that somehow that well that, that we keep going back, that sin we keep going back to, it's... it's it's, it's gonna, it inoculates us for a moment. We get numbed by it for a minute. Uh, the flesh is satisfied in a fleeting second, but on the other side of it every time is shame. On the other side of that feeling from the past or that, that emotion that wells up within us for whatever happened to us or happened by us, whatever disappointment, whatever failure, whatever thing it was, shame, it just, it just sticks, it does. Jesus told her, you keep drinking that water, you're going to thirst again. 
But then he said this, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. You're not going to get thirsty again. But that water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And then the woman said this, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. But if you drink the water that I give you, you're never going to thirst again. Her petition, look at this. Her petition was simple. This is profound, but it is simple. Uh, Sir, it it was simple, but but it was honest. Uh, look, Look deeply at what she was saying here. Sir, give me this water that I don't get thirsty again and I don't ever have to walk this path alone. Give me this water so I don't have to walk here day after day by myself and be reminded of how I felt and what I've done and the shame that constantly covers me. Give me this water so I'm not alone. Hmm. She wanted the cycle to stop. She wanted to be free from the sin and shame that kept her walking the same old way day after day. I imagine her in my mind's eye peeking out the window early in the morning and seeing that group of girls going by them all together without her down to that well. And then again in the evening as she was reminded on a daily basis while she carried the bucket all by herself that shame held her captive. But that day she met one that said she didn't have to walk that way ever again. Stop drinking. Hear me, somebody. Stop drinking from the guilt of the past. Stop feeling like you have to carry that bucket back and forth in your life to pay for whatever it is that you have done or has been done to you. Shame wants you to stay that way. You who are wearied in a way with no joy, with no hope, with no peace. Mm. But I'm telling you that you can drink of the water that Jesus Christ offers you and you don't ever have to be bound, incarcerated, captivated, feel like it, the shame in your life ever again. Mm. If you would, please. Therefore, with joy, everybody say with joy. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Uh, joy, go on here. Uh, joy, uh, joy enables us to lay aside shame and, and to be satisfied with the salvation uh, that God offers to us. Joy, I'm going to repeat it. Joy enable, enables us to lay aside shame and to be satisfied with the salvation, to be satisfied with the salvation that God offers to us. We, we don't talk about joy enough. We don't talk about joy enough in the church. It is an evidence of the Holy Ghost just as much as speaking in tongues is. We talk about tongues a lot. Well, I'm telling you, you know, we need to talk about joy more even. Amen, why? Because when you get the Holy Ghost, you not only get tongues, but you get the joy of the Holy Ghost. You want to subdue the shame in your life? Then get a hold of joy in your life. Because there's something about joy, amen, that it overshadows shame. And you don't have to feel like that you're constantly being washed and you're constantly being uh, uh, estimated by others. And in your own mind, you can be free from the shame that you have felt because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Ah, shame is the enemy of joy. The devil doesn't want you to be joyful. He doesn't want you to be joyful. He wants you carrying around your bucket full of shame to the same old well that you have been drinking from from too long. It, it, it may take, now look at this, come on. We, we, we misunderstand this scripture. We think that uh, living for God is just gonna be easy and, it's, and, it, and uh, we're gonna be pacified and 
there's not going to be any effort into it. Uh, it. It may take some work. You may have to draw it out. You understand that? You may have to draw out. Uh, you, you, you may have to put your back into it. But with joy, we draw water from this well of salvation. I, I have to work at it sometimes. No, I'm not working my way into salvation. But I have to work at reminding myself because my mind gets the best of me. My heart gets the best of me. It overwhelms me. And I have to draw that water out. I have to get over the top of that well and I have to pull the weight of that, of that work out of it to remind myself that I have been bought with a price, that he has paid it all for me. And the enemy that tries to get in my mind and in my heart, I have to remind him that I have been set free and I am no longer a captive to what I have done or what has been or what has been done to me. I don't have to live under the cloud of shame in my life and neither do you. Amen. We are sustained from a source that reminds us that we are forgiven and we are justified and we are free. If you would please, this next scripture. Uh, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I've read this to you so many times. I will put my law into their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. He put the covenant in uh, the, the promise in my heart and your heart and our minds. They are written there and you need to read them again and again and again. You gotta draw them out of your mind. You gotta draw them out of the thoughts of your mind bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You draw them out. You make your mind think that way. You make your heart remember. Amen. I don't have to live in shame. Everybody say, it's my, everybody say this, my sins, my iniquities, he remembers no more. Everybody say it again. My sins, my iniquities, he remembers no more. Come on, you ought to write that on your mirror tonight when you get home. You ought to remember it when you're driving down the road. My sins and my iniquities, he remembers no more. What you did in the past, I don't care how bad it was. I don't care how bad you think it was. I don't care how bad they think it was. Can I tell you that your sins and your iniquities, he remembers no more. But you don't know what I did, Pastor. No, and I don't have to know what you did. Why? Because I know the one that you walked up to that altar and you asked for forgiveness. Amen. He forgave you at that moment and you can walk away free from the sin that tries to stick to you. I guarantee you today, uh, if we would take a, if we would go across this congregation and we would ask all of us just to be honest, which we wouldn't be, uh, because the truth of the matter is that's what sin makes us do. It makes us hide to the point that we're not honest and transparent because that's why they tried to cover themselves in the garden. But if we would go through this congregation and we would, we would all be honest about some shame that we would have, we would be amazed. Every one of us have shame in our life that we have dealt with along the way. You got something that you're thinking of right now while I'm preaching that you did in the past or something that was done to you and it just hangs over your head like a cloud every day of your life or, or a season or two of your life and you're reminded of it. Can I tell you, you don't have to live in shame. You don't have to live in shame. You don't have to live in shame. Amen. He's not standing at the well making you pay for the water. Uh, he's not making you rehearse your past again and again. No penance needed to be paid with Jesus. He's not reminding you of your past, so stop trying to remind him. Do I need to repeat that? Thank you. He's not reminding you of your past, so stop reminding him. Stop repenting of what you have already repented of. Ah, that's not heresy. Uh, that's, the, that's just the truth. 
That's the word of God. Stop repenting of sins that you have already repeated of, repented of. We, we, we get in this repetitive cycle uh, of coming back to an altar and, and begging God to forgive us uh, of sins uh, that we have already asked him to forgive us of. His, uh, our sins and our iniquities will he remember no more. He willed himself not to remember it. Stop bringing it up to him. Is that too direct? You okay? Because that's the truth. He doesn't remember it. So stop reminding him. Stop bringing it back to this altar. He's forgiven you. Stop letting that... Stop letting that shame drive you to your knees. Let joy drive you to your knees if you're gonna let, let, let the understanding that he has forgiven you and you are not incarcerated by that shame. There's therefore. Uh, look at this scripture. There is there, therefore. Now. There is therefore. Now. Everybody say now. Right now. Right now. In this place. Today. At this moment. Now. No condemnation. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, pastor. I, I don't know. I feel like I need to come back and repent about it. I feel like I need to pay my dues. I don't think I'm holy enough. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I've, I don't think I've prayed about it enough. I don't think I've worshiped enough. I don't think I've praised God enough. I, I think I need to beat myself up just a little bit more about it. I think I need to walk to that altar bloody and bruised about it. I think I need to tell him again, no, there is therefore now, 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 right now, now, when you repent of it, it is immediate. When you ask God to forgive you, he is not delaying his response. When you ask God and you tell him, I'm sorry, at that moment, now, no condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There is no condemnation. Stop condemning yourself. Stop letting others condemn you. Stop letting this world make you feel like you've got to live a life of shame. He's coming back for a people that are not ashamed of him. He's coming back. In other words, he's coming back for a people that are not ashamed. Come on. I'm not telling you today shame on you. I'm telling you you're forgiven. I'm trying to tell somebody in the sound of my voice that is walking around with a bucket in their hand going back to a well again and again and again all by themselves. You don't have to walk alone anymore. You don't have to go down that same path anymore. You don't have to repeat that sin anymore. No, 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 no. Break free from that cycle of shame that you're caught in. You don't have to thirst again. You don't have to draw from that well ever again. Musicians, why? Because he looked at her that day and said, you keep drinking that, you're gonna be thirsty. But this water, this water that I give you, ah, you'll never thirst again. You'll, you'll never have to walk this path alone. It is profound when you look at that scripture that she said that, Lord, give me, sir, give me this water that I don't thirst again and I don't have to come here and draw. I don't have to be alone in this. Come on, young people, I'm hearing you. I recognize you're gonna make mistakes. I recognize that you're gonna do wrong. Uh, the Reddicks, they recognize you're not gonna get it right all the time and you're gonna mess up and, and, and you're gonna fall. I want you to know this church is committed to the, to the you, can, you can trust me, you trust me on this. This church is committed to helping you get back up. We're not going to judge you out of the church. We're not going to condemn you or kill you. Amen. We know you're going to, we're not saying it's right to make the mistakes. We're not saying it's justified, but I want you to know the church has been too guilty of killing their wounded in the past. 
that we have not restored people. We have not loved them back to Christ. We have not loved them back to the altar. We've caused them to feel shame. And that's why there are countless backsliders in Bloomington this morning who are not in a church because they feel, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. They feel like, Brother Esau, they feel like the long walk down that altar, it is too far for them to go because they have to look under the, uh, the condescending eyes of people who are judging them where they've been and what they've done. But I'm telling you that this is a church of grace and this is a church of mercy and this is a church of love and this is a church of compassion. If you fall, we're gonna help you get back up. Why? Because I don't want you to walk that path alone. You've got people, sinners that are saved by grace all around you this day. So nobody has a right to cast any stone and nobody has a right to point any finger. But what we do have the right to do is go knock on the door and say to that woman that's looking out the window, why don't you come to the well with us today? Why don't you walk? You're not alone. You don't have to draw from that water. We're going to find the water that makes us never thirst again. Everybody feeling this with me right now? Huh. I'm asking you to raise your hand here. Anybody got a past? Huh? Look around. Yeah, hey, there you go, Sister Martha. Anybody got a past? If I could get my feet up in the air, I would. Um, anybody got a past? And I'm gonna ask you this. Anybody got a present? Ha! Ho, ho, ho! Well, you know what? You don't have to thirst again. You don't have to walk alone. We're in this together. Amen, there's a savior and his name is Jesus and he needed to be here today. Why? Because he knew you were gonna be here. He knew I was gonna be here. He knew you were gonna be, why? Because that's the good grace of God. That's the compassion and the mercy of God. That's the love of the savior. We don't have to walk alone and drink of that well anymore. He is the living water. Come on, somebody ought to stand and worship right now. We ought to be lifting our voice saying, God, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. Come on, I need the church. I need the church to lift their voice right now. Ah, as they begin to sing, I need the church. Ah, to let it be known there's water here. There's water here. Come on, this altar, it's open. It's time to come and bring, bring your bucket to the well that never runs dry. Come and be forgiven. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in his name. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. This wonderful name of Jesus.